Hello, welcome to the Complete Discography Podcast. My name is Darren Huckey, and along with my co-host, Austin Johns, we break down every album from some of our favorite bands. Here in Season 2, we break down every album released by Bad Religion. We hope you enjoy the show. Suffer. I was uh, listening to the audiobook for, again, just like a recap. I mean, I could have read the book, actually, too. I physically have the book. Um, I haven't read a single page in print, but um, it was a little while ago that I listened to it, so I, I forgot. Like I was like, I'll, I'll remember that and bring that up when we talk about the album, but I, I forgot <laughs> any specific anecdotes about it that um, were kind of maybe like I can specifically quote. But I do remember reading <clears throat> that the album was um, – it's you know it's years between – Suffer and how could help be any worse? Like this was released in uh, September eighth, nineteen eighty eight, is what I have written down. Um, and so that's like a number of years passed because they like went on a little bit of hiatus. They did the we talked about it before the into the unknown uh, mm-hmm. gimmick where they like, kind of changed the sound a little bit, and even had different members, and that wasn't as well received. So then they kind of hiatus it, and then. Greg Hetson was the one who kind of like encouraged Graffin to like start playing some shows again. And then they were like this Graffin Hetson, like four piece lineup to play a few shows and do a few things. And that led into them um, getting a little bit more buzz. And they recorded that back to the known session and all that stuff. And then again, kind of a little bit of downtime um, and Hetson went out on tour with the Circle Jerks, and they had already booked a show like in San Francisco or something like that. So then Graffin called um, Geritz and was, you know, like, "Hey, man, like, you know, th- we're still doing the band. You want to like fill in for, or you want to play a show with us? Like, it's, you know, we're playing to a lot more crowds. Like, you should really do it." And uh, Geritz was kind of like at this point had um, entered rehab and like, you know, decided to like kind of like. I don't know. I don't want to say grow up or anything, but like, you know, he started to like try and move forward and move on from what he was doing previously. He was, you know, working as a uh, engineer and all that stuff with where he was working, but he was like, I guess I'll give it a shot and see what this is about. And then he was blown away about how big the crowds were that got him remotivated to start writing more music. And then they all played together and recorded it and had a whole new album years and years later after <laughs> how could it be any worse? That was, yeah. the, that was the in, in between years. I have some other little notes and anecdotes, but how about this? Uh, where were you in 1988 when this album was released? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I guess uh, three years old. Almost three years old. It sounded like it came out in September. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Still two. Going to turn three in a couple months. Yeah. Um, I was playing the, an NES console. Oh, I, actually, I probably wouldn't have gotten that until Christmas of that year. So in September of 88, didn't even have the NES console. Uh, it was just a small two-year-old with asthma and uh, <laughs> living in Corona, California. Not sure what I was listening to. Uh, the sounds of probably the home around Sesame me. Street. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's it. 88, though, man. This band has been going on for a while. I think they had some of uh, the members who recorded on the album for this was the standard lineup of what you'd expect graffin Geritz, hetson bentley on the bass and then uh pete feinstone was still the drummer so they got back the old crew and this is just basically the old group plus greg hetson so they just fused um two guitarists together um 
which they wanted a kind of a more fuller sound and everything anyway with some of the songs they're writing. So we kind of helped them be who they are. And they're kind of essentially this lineup, well, I don't know, for quite a while um, into the yeah. mid-90s. And um, then they even kind of come back together with, you know, just adding more Transformer style when Brian Baker joins and <laughs> Garrett comes back and they don't ever and you have anybody leave. They just add to it. Yeah, there was some bonus... Um, contributors, additional guitar and backing vocals and stuff by um, um, some of the women from the band L7. And L7 was working with them to record their um, first album for Epitaph, which was Epitaph's first actual, like, proper official, like, cataloged release and everything. So he was, you know, just churning the wheels to, like, make all of this work for him, uh, which is kind of cool. I think that's all the, the fun notes that I had for the the pre parts of the album um anything special you remember about the album when did you like first listen to suffer like the album proper my first exposure i think to most of these songs was like through the all ages like best of kind of um compilation and then also various like punkaramas might have like a you know other compilation series punkarama might have um like some one-off ones like i think that song give you nothing was for sure on uh, a punkarama that i remember but I don't think I picked up the album until I kind of was like, it was like probably when we were all like living together and all had like jobs where we could just kind of buy, you know, CDs or whatever, um, whenever we wanted to. So I think I remember picking it up, you know, in that time frame it would have been like early twenties probably where I was like, I'm going to actually like just listen to these entire albums now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of um, the same exact, same exact story was, for me. Yeah. So I think the- I just kind of one by one started picking them up, you know? And yeah, pretty sure what year was that? It was like the early two thousands. Um, but yeah. they, they had like re-released, um, these early epitaph albums. Like they re-released them like on vinyl and like remastered, you know, type of sound or whatever. I think that's when I specifically mm-hmm. immensely was trying to like, you know, like, Oh, I should listen to the actual albums proper. Cause yeah, at that point, like it was like a fusion of, uh, all ages and compilation things and then like illegal bootleg downloads you know of like internet stuff yeah. you know like so i could heard like a good majority of the songs um but there mm-hmm. are still some like it wasn't until i was you know yeah older like you're like you're saying making money and affording to buy things on my own to uh listen to some of these songs yeah because i remember even when i was first going back i remember getting generator and no control before i got this so I kind of remember being more familiar with those albums than this one, but um, eventually got to this one too. And yeah, same this is for kind me. of the start of their their like I guess iconic sound that they kind of have. You know, I mean, yeah, there's been changes over the years, but this kind of is like the blueprint for what they end up doing for quite a while. Yeah, those things came back. I remember Against the Grain was the first one I bought. So Suffer was also not one of the ones that I like went into first, though it's quoted as like like a game changing album. I think like fat Mike from no effect says it's like his favorite album of all time. And I think I was reading somewhere that, um, Chuck Reagan from hot water music says it's his, you know, most influential album of all time, you know, which is, uh, interesting. Um, two people that both had to work with, uh, epitaph records as well. So yeah, they had to just, uh, yeah. go work with their idol and, uh, eventually break away from them and never mention them ever again. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's that bad, but um, yeah. All right. Well, Suffer, 1988. <clears throat> um, how many tracks are on this thing? There are 15 songs 15, uh, clocking yeah. in at 26 minutes. 
um, they really know how to str- draw these things out. Uh, so we will just, I guess, jump in. If you have anything else, maybe you wanted to add to it or uh, anything. It's got a really cool, iconic cover. Um, the Suffer Boy um, burning on the suburban streets of a neighborhood and everything. It looks like a like a classic kind of an American painting, but like, you know, burning man <laughs> standing with a little crossbuster on his back. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fan of that cover too. No, I don't have anything. I was, the main thing was what you had already mentioned, which they had the very long hiatus and you kind of already talked about all that. So yeah, I got nothing else to add about the background. Yeah. I mean, after this, it's like a, an album a year, every album, like every year or two, uh, or every yeah. year for the next three years. And then there's only like a one year gap after that too. So like they make up for the lost time for sure and start churning some things out. Um, so yeah, let's just jump into it. And uh, this is the first song, uh, You Are the Government. Hey, sit down and listen up, they'll tell you when you're wrong. Eradicate, but vindicate as progress creeps along. Puritan work ethic maintains its subconscious edge. As old glory maintains your consciousness. I don't want to, want to play too much more because the song will end. Um, yeah. It's a minute and twenty two seconds. But yeah, that's uh, they started definitely writing more uh, uh, grown up lyrics. Like they're uh, like that's sort of like the big fifteen dollar words are coming out and everything. And um, <laughs> yeah. they uh, like jurisprudence is the first time <laughs> and maybe only time I've ever heard this word. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's just kind of interesting how they how they're you know. They're big braininess and hearing yeah. about how like both like Brett was inspired to write the same way. Like he wanted to be more um, intelligent and thoughtful with his lyrics and everything. So like Graffin, who is a student of education and, you know, he's like in school at this time and everything like they're just, they're big braining these lyrics for sure. Um, which is kind of interesting. To hear. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And yeah, this must be after Graffin's been in college for some time, you know, mm-hmm. um, by this point. So yeah, he is living in New York at this time in school there. Um, so he has, um, yes, he's fully in, ingrained in that. That's like how they plan, like their tour schedules and things like that are, are around like his school schedule, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a good first song. I mean, it kicks things off. Like they typically like um, want like a high energy song and everything. So this isn't, you know, the highest of energies, like as far as like what they have done in the future for albums and all that stuff, but it is like a short and sweet and to the point song. Um, it gets right to the chorus that just kind of like rings out, you know, is how it ends is just kind of singing itself. Like the title song or the title of the song as a chorus, that's how the song ends mm-hmm. and just kind of kicks off the whole album that way. Yeah. It also, it has that, uh, that like, bouncy like like you hear a lot in um on their older music you know just a little bit more refined but like it kind of has that that flow to it that a lot of the songs on um how could it be any worse has in my opinion Um, yeah but yeah super good song they they thought it was good enough that they put it on what was their best of compilation of the time best of epitaph years yeah period in time they wanted it on there so it's interesting, like like cutting together that and picking the tracks for that because uh, there's some like really good songs in this album. I'm like, oh well, I mean, why not just like I mean, if I was to like cut that myself and like you know add it, like I don't know that I would put this song on there. It's a good song, but and because it was on there, like I know it really well. But like, <laughs> yeah. there's also some really good songs on here that like, oh well, why wasn't that song on there? If you're choosing a couple of songs from Suffer, why not pick you know this one? Uh, but it's because they're all pretty pretty good. They're good at what they do. 
Um, but yeah, let's play the next one then. Um, next one is A Thousand More Fools. I heard them say that the big show ain't on earth. Fantastic for myriads of say we call it birth. I've seen the rapture and a star baby's eyes. In Peter to the Lord of the Flies. So what does it mean when your mind starts to stray? The light has got big images of love on the way. Brother, you better get down on your knees and pay. A thousand knuckles are being born every fucking day. That's good. There's, um, I think like three F-bombs like in this album, or maybe it's more. I don't know, but they're... It's really good when they land. Oh, you know what? I was I'm uh, I'm also listening to No Control right now, and I think that's No Control that has some good f bombs, like in You and things like that. But that's the next album. This this has to have a few though, because uh, Do What You Want's on here, right? Yeah, um, yeah. This is a I like like this song a lot. Thousand More Fools is really cool, and that that, that it has that uh, kind of a fun. It's not like just a straightforward driving riff. It's like that. Bam, 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 bam. Like it's got this like bounce to it, and then it goes into like yeah. chugging and everything. And then I like that chorus, um, how it ends. Um, but there's oh, some yeah. like big again, big brains in it. Um, phantasmal myriads of sane bucolic birth. Like I'm, I'm looking up, I'm looking up half the words oh, to God. that sentence, and it's a, five, a six word sentence. You know, <laughs> like what is like it's some some big brains. But um, ultimately, you know, it's like they're sarcastic and nihilistic kind of view like they sing through like the the you know the vessel of like a person or, or whoever like the whoever is commentating on like the lyrics of the song like often like speaking about like you know the worst parts of the world or like in a sarcastic or a nihilistic kind of like slant not necessarily like hey this is what we believe in ourselves like you know that these things are like terrible all around but it's like yes for the the purpose of like exaggerating and expanding on like the conditions of what's happening in the world like you know this is just the the negative view of like what's going on in the world and everything um and it's i don't know it's a very bad religion thing to do to write like sarcastic sarcastically and nihilistically about like the world and thinking the problems of the world yeah and a thousand more fools are being born every fucking day every fucking day <laughs> um yeah any uh thoughts about this song no, I'm I'm uh, I'm quite a fan of that one too. It kind of still has that like that bouncy kind of. They get away from that a little bit as their albums go on, but this one for sure. When I hear it, it just sounds a lot like just like a more polished. How could help be any worse? But yeah. with like way better yeah. songwriting. I agree. I guess. The oh, the first song was written by Graffin. Uh, you are the government. This was written by Geritz, Since we still have the information available to us, mm. um, might as well share that. Uh, the next song, then track three, is How Much Is Enough? And I'll play that now. Tell me, can I hate the be broken? Production and consumption to fight our hollow lives. Everest has let us cross the ocean. Toward a land that's better, much more bountiful and wide. So when we Yourself, 
that is a. It's also like cool that they don't like fill in because like the verses of their songs are so much like like the, all the beats and all the syllables are enunciated with like every driven like you know downstroke of the guitar or every hit of the snare or whatever um but like when it gets to the choruses um like they, they get like melodic and singing and all that stuff like this is a really like like good one where it's like just a melodic like you can see them or hear them kind of all singing together and and like they let the music kind of like breathe you know like quantity is known today as we blow ourselves away, brown, 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 brown. And you can kind of hear the music and everything. I like that about it. Cause yeah. um, you don't really get any room to breathe. Like during the verses where they're just like hammering those big words at you and everything. Um, so it's just interesting how they jump around like that. Yeah. And I think that's like, I guess part of why this was like such a um, influential album, I guess, because it wasn't really common to have like that type of harmonizing in quote unquote, like punk music, you know? Um, so obviously it went on to inspire a lot of pop punk type bands, you know? Um, and, and then like this album's interesting because it has like a lot of like this, the, um, lyrically, like a lot of the themes that they'll talk about for like a long time, but this one seems to be like more, um, it also has like a lot of what I think are, um, like criticisms of like life in Southern California and like the, like in some of these songs where it's like, that's like a, a big theme. And I guess that you could even see that in like the album cover itself, but like they maybe get away from that theme a little bit more in like future albums. But this one to me is heavy with like, uh, criticisms of the, like just, you know, yeah. life and culture of that area, you know, from, from their perspective. Yeah. The impact so, and the decisions on the world around them from, centralized there for them like what is happening just in their in their vantage point and everything yeah i think they definitely have a broader look at things as they you know grow up and get older and all that stuff because then they start traveling the world and getting real big in europe and everything and germany and stuff like that so they probably i mean and then just be more educated in writing different types of music too they probably is part of all of the change too but yeah especially these next three albums that's very like Southern California centric, you know, with what they're seeing and influencing and impacting the world around them. Yeah. Um, cool. Oh, did I rank this? Are you, uh, don't forget to be ranking your, your songs. Yeah. I'm, I'm keeping them, keeping them ranked. Um, so then we'll go on to the next one. It is just called when, what question mark, when question mark, <laughs> uh, it's the second song now with a question mark in its title after how much is enough. Um, yeah, he, uh, 
the opening lines, uh, like I've seen a lot of things in five years. I think that's just him, you know, referencing like the gaps between like the songs and all that stuff and what he's done kind of as his like lone man, you know, like without his bandmates and things like that. And I think it's kind of like talking about that, you know, growing from the high school kid into the, you know, adult and his travels and everything. Like it's just a very personal sounding line, it seems. Yeah. This one's written by Graffin then? Um, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Let's uh, verify that. It would, yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent written by Gregory Graffin. Okay, yeah, that, yeah, I think you're probably right. That is what he's doing there. Yeah, that's a good song. And every fucking where he goes, he see the he sees the pathos <laughs> that he knows. <laughs> uh, it, good rhyming, good music, like more like melody and all that stuff in it. And you hear the um, the dual guitars in that song too. That little uh, there's like a little bridge between mm. the verse and the chorus where you hear like the two layers of the guitar. So you can hear that there's Hetson and Garrett's playing together. Um, but another short and sweet song, all of these songs have not cracked two minutes um, so far. <laughs> um, like again, it's a not even a 30 minute album with 15 songs. Like the average is uh, like less than two minutes Below, for all these yeah. things. So um, that's great. Yeah. Uh, I really like that song. I really got nothing yeah, else to I say, like- but yeah, not a whole lot either. I mean, sometimes with with an album like this where the songs are so short, it's it's I don't know what what it is. What I'm trying to say, it's just easier to take the whole album in maybe than break down. I mean, especially some of these songs are like a minute. You know, they're so short that it's just like I don't know. I just like it's easy to look at the whole package, but sometimes breaking down the song, you're just like, wow, that's. I mean, even that's right there, I was like, wow, he's really letting this play. It's like, this song is not that long. Yeah, I, yeah. I, like, I know for a fact we listened to almost that whole song right there. Yeah, we but, wanted to hear the chorus, and that's what I realized. Yeah, like, I so can it, tell that's what you're doing. <laughs> it doesn't loop back around necessarily. It just kind of ends after that. So uh, we heard, yeah, uh, FTF yeah. could come after us for playing far too much of that song. Um, the uh, But if they do come after us, you know, <laughs> I plan to give them nothing. Uh, so let's play the next song. Give you nothing is track five on Suffer. <laughs> play as much of that one because we already heard the chorus we already heard the title of the song the title of the song is good enough um you like that song yeah i really like that song uh it kind of switches things up a little bit like musically it's a lot faster you know the vocal delivery is more fast driving and then it has that kind of cool little like uh breakdown part that'll come up a little bit later in yeah. the song yeah. which is di- you know different from what they had been doing previously so it's just kind of a a little bit different from them and i just i think the lyrics are also just really fun um yeah the uh, uh and the later in the song clever yeah the later in the song it, um you're a sidewalk cypher speaking prionic <laughs> jive um uh, prion is a proteins with the, s- the same or similar amino sequence as other proteins that have the property to interact with their counterparts in such a manner that the external structure of the normal protein is changed to that of the prion um which I read that sentence and I don't quite comprehend it. Um, <laughs> and then jive is a reference to Gibson's neuromancer where the term refers to a sign language. Um, so prionic jive in the context of the song is like speaking in a corrupted sign language. 
like you're speaking in a corrupted like language to like, you know, this is not making sense to others. Um, but that's the work that went into crafting that, just, you know, one line, you're a sidewalk, spike, sidewalk, sidewalk, speaking pride, like jive. So I give you me. Um, yeah, that's cool. The, uh, the beat in that too, like the, the music, the music isn't as fast as they can play or will play like in the future and all that stuff. But I think it's just the vocal delivery that also just keeps that fast tempo, that fast feeling tempo. Cause he's just hammering out syllables and just kind of going around along with it. Um, yeah. And the other thing, when they play live, they also play faster than these recorded takes are too. So, um, like these songs become quicker and everything too, especially in the live, live structure. And you mentioned like that little bit of like that breakdown they added to this song. Um, mm-hmm. The song still just barely cracks two minutes and two seconds. So like their little like extra musical flourish just helped it just get barely past two minutes and two seconds. And this also has that short, I guess, I don't know if you want to call it like an intro or something, but it's just that, you know, yeah, just kind of burn. I, like I don't know how long that lasts, but you know, a little while there adds some length to the song as well. So, uh, that's uh, that's how they pad things out to get that two minute mark, you know. <laughs> yeah. they, they call those epics in the bad religion camp. Um, <laughs> did I put that down? Yeah, I ranked that. Cool. So uh, next song, "Land of Competition," is track six that I'll play now. Hey, see there's a girl's afraid of the world she stays at home. Seems so lost in his joy, he's all alone The cameras on them, they're in the land of competition Southern California air beat And they know they're the best cause of the way they are dressed You can bet you are now welcome in their home That goes on to uh, play from a different perspective of a girl and everything And it's very, that's a Southern California a centric song because it even sings about it. You know, Southern California <laughs> yeah. will destroy them. <clears throat> uh, this was a, oh, the last song, Give You Nothing, was uh, co-written by Graffin and Giritz together. This Land of Competition mm. is just a solo Graffin song, just FYI. Mm. Okay. <clears throat> um, I like a little bit of the storytelling in this. I mean, it just, you know, you get two perspectives and you get two, um, two different, like, responses to this environment, but, like, it's got the theme of it all is ultimately that these two characters, like, you know, it just doesn't work out well for them. And it's just kind of like the problems of the environment and the p- problems of the world around them, you know, um, kind of ruin these two people's lives. Yeah. I was going to pretty much say something similar. I just, it's um, probably the first song on here. That's kind of had that more storytelling style of songwriting, which they'll end up doing a lot more of uh, in the future and stuff. So I like this one quite a bit, you know? Yeah. It's um, you're not like, overwhelmed and hit on the head with their intelligence it's something you can just like you understand and like you evolve with you know the story that's being told and everything so it's um yeah. it's like um i think we mentioned this before on the the alkaline trio season the um it's like an alkaline trio song and written the way that it's like telling a story and going from point a to point b and not just like poetic or anything like that at all um mm-hmm. and they they had mentioned that i think you had mentioned that in some interview you had read that like bad religion, like respected or appreciated alkaline trio, maybe because partially the way that they, their songs are written, they're similar to theirs and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, maybe this is all part of the, that same kind of connection there. Yeah. Could be. 
it's <laughs> the lyrics in the song are kind of funny. He escalates it so hard to me, where it's just like uh, I think it's something like they know they are the best because the way they're they're dressed and da da da. But then it's like, and you can you're not welcome in their home. It's yeah, like, God damn, dude. yeah. It's and like then, his uh, critiques of these like this type of person that he's describing. You know, it's just there's the other. Um... Yeah, the, in that next verse where it goes through for that same line, and they'll it talks about, and they won't be the best. They'll be the posers who dressed like the plastic idiots that they copy. But he like delivers yeah. it like the plastic idiots they copy. It's like oh, I don't see it in a kind of funny way, but like yeah, it's just they, yeah, it's just funny. It's good. Yeah, good job, mm-hmm. Graffin. That song passes the two minute mark too. Two minutes and five seconds. It is the mm-hmm. second longest song on the entire album. <laughs> There is one more that's longer than this. Um, we are going to pretty much get to the halfway mark. Um, whether you round up or round down, uh, it's going to be a round down because there's 15 songs. Track seven, Forbidden Beat. Graffin and Garrett's co-written song, yeah. Forbidden Beat. <clears throat> I feel like it's, you know, a Garrett's kind of inspired song. Like, Garrett's, you know, like in 21st Century Digital Boy. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like like he's like write, <laughs> writing in the same mindset that he will eventually go on to write that song in, in this song. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. He talks about the like... boy with too many toys and... Yeah. All the opportunity, um, all the opportunity in front of him, and like you know, ultimately leading into like vices and, and everything. Like it just seems like it's in that mindset. Yeah, I would agree. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good one though. Um, another co-written one. That's interesting. Yeah, because I, I for sure was thinking that was just a straight up Gearwood song, just based on the lyrics and stuff. But yeah, I wonder why they decided to like specifically document it in that way, like a Graffin song only, a Gearwood song only, or a co-written. Like, what do they do together that made that? co-written like maybe did he bring him an idea without a verse or he brought him something and they weren't happy with it and then he was like hey how about try this and then like oh like so then i guess we have to i, I guess i'll come up with a chorus for this one because it's better than what i was unhappy with maybe or something but it's yeah, like, it, it seems like they more independently right and that's what from from like um from the book and everything and hearing their recording style they would show up like graffin would you know on piano and like he would like he would write a song and he, like he even ultimately he plays guitar and everything too, like not necessarily recorded, but like Graffin will show up with a song that's like this song's done. Like here's the lyrics, here's the music. Y'all learn this. This is my song. And then Garrett, Brett would do the same thing and be like, cool. Well, I wrote the song. Here's the guitars. Here's the lyrics and all that stuff. Graffin, sing it like this. I'll teach you how to do it. And like they yeah. they would independently write. So like what sessions were they in where they got this co-written stuff? Um, it's interesting. I, I'd like to know more about that from from their songwriting style. <clears throat> But yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do we got next? Uh, oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, Best for You is another known known quantity because of the uh, All Ages uh, inclusion. But uh, track eight, Best of You. Best for You. Best for You. 
always say the truth We're somewhere in the middle And we're all just gonna do Is someone watching over you? Inside me no one's best for you We almost heard 90% of the song's lyrics because that song ends with everybody knows what's best for you. Everybody knows what's best for you. Everybody knows what's best for you. Uh, 20 more times it continues. Uh, that's a good song. That's a song that I think they could have opened with. Like it's kind of like it, it, it's, it is like how you are the government is because you are the government ends with it repeating the title of the song, you know, as the point of the song. And like, this does the same thing best for you. Like, ends it and everything and it's got a high energy and everything to it um and i like it probably just as much as i like you are the government but it's a good song yeah th- this is a good one this one has a certain like there's a sound in there t- to me that it sounds like a punk rock song yeah every time i hear it now i i can hear just like that it never it doesn't blow up quite the same way that, that song does but like it just there's something in there that i'm just like oh that's just that sounds like punk no. rock song to me but <clears throat> as you say that i do that hear guitar, that i think right? it's, it's like, and it's yeah. just that like that just that glimmer of the guitar that like it like yeah that can easily kick into that like more of a <laughs> like a- yeah it is what it's probably if we were musically inclined to know like the note that is being played it's probably the same yeah. note of whatever that guitar that is but that. That might be what it is. Just two, guy, um, two guys who don't understand music theory trying to just say, it sounds like that, man. I don't know why. I don't know why. Somebody's screaming like, because it's a C sharp, idiot, into a B flat. Duh. Like, oh, whatever, dude. I don't know that. Yeah. But it's, it's funny because that's like so many years later that that song gets, yeah. you know, so it's just kind of. Yeah, but I mean, like, this is not an insult to bad religion, but <laughs> did their skill in musicmanship like improve over the decades they've played together. I think they have a very comfortable formula and they play, yeah. they play, I think they're confident and competent to write who they are. So I think, I don't want to say they, they're limiting themselves and maybe they are, maybe they're like, it's like, no, like this is what bad religion is. And this is what a bad religion song is. So maybe they're just like continuing to like f- play in within those restraints. Whereas other bands would maybe like, like, oh, I don't want to be, like, typecasting myself into having to do that. But, like, I think Bad Religion knows who they are. So, like, they're just sticking with their little, like, three-chord <laughs> 80s L.A. Yeah. punk movement, you know? Well, plus, I mean, like, look at their experience with attempting to do Into the Unknown, right? Oh, yeah. They could just be, like, in Band fear of trying to nope. do something differently. <laughs> yeah, they know what they want. Let's just give them exactly what they want because last time we did this, they turned on us hard. And we need <laughs> yeah. to not do this. Uh, that's probably it, too. Um, what's interesting is I'm pretty sure that that ends, like if you're listening to a record, that ends the first side of the record, Best For You, which mm. I, I feel like okay. that could have been a good, like I said, it could have been a good intro song too. Why not have that be the intro song on the B side of it, you know? But they instead they end that side with yeah. that song. I'm pretty sure if, if I have this broken up right, um, that's what it what it shows. Man, that's something I never really spent a lot of time thinking about because you know um we're not old ass men who have like, records yeah i mean things had already moved on pretty quickly like cassettes were pretty common you know and then cds and stuff like that so like but just thinking about like and it's not even like things have changed so much now or it's like streaming and not necessarily like the importance of like um track listings and things like that but like mm-hmm. i just remember like that being a big deal like listening to the cds like the order in which like the flow of the album kind of you know yeah 
But if you're, if you're having to flip the record over, that's like another wrinkle to like deciding like your track listing, like kind of layout, like, okay, well, yeah. at this point they're going to flip it over and it's going to, you know, kick off the second side. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of a trip. I never thought about that. You know, they probably still had to consider that with cassettes because they did, you know, you didn't have an A side and a B side. I didn't really True. even think about that and put that together. Um, and it's probably the same split because usually it's just the equal amount of audio. They try and just align it to being the same amount of audio on both sides to... Yeah, uh, for like a vinyl, obviously that's how it's cut and everything. And then for the cassette tape, that's how much you know. If it's as long as it's as, cl- as closely balanced, you don't have like that dead sound at the end of one of the sound uh, sides. Yeah, uh, I just always thought about those things from like a CD centric like thought. Like, yeah, oh, you know, there is one first track, yeah. beginning to end, and you know, but yeah, different. But yeah, there's there's a pause. If you were listening to it on a record or a cassette, there was that time it took to flip it. Or maybe you just like, that's all the listening time you had and you tried, decided to put something else on. So you had you gave it the A side or you gave it the B side and that was it maybe even. But there is time in that pause between the flip side. So our <laughs> flip side, we're moving on to the title track. Uh, Suffer, track nine, um, written by, this is the last co-written song, but written by both of Graffin and Garrett's together. So here is Suffer. Did you ever see the concrete stairs of every day? The lunatic, the hypocrite are all lost in the fray. Can't see their lives are just like yours. And undiscovered and undiscovered, you're leading to the gift of hope renewed, eternity for you. The masses of humanity have always had to suffer. That um, that little blam blam like that interesting like guitar tone, that reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of Generator. Like I hear, mm-hmm. I hear that same like chime, that same like, I, it must be like a. Uh, again, somebody out there who knows music, please inform us. But there's something there that like definitely is like an off note or some kind of weird sound that makes it like, you know, ring out in yeah, the same now way. That, now that you're mentioning, I'm I'm hearing I'm hearing that too. Now that you're saying that. I had not caught that. Yeah. What are your thoughts on uh, Surfer? Oh, sorry. Suffer. Oh, Suffer. <laughs> <laughs> Surfer is the uh, no effects parody. No uh, yeah. Um, no, this is a great song, dude. I mean, there's a reason that the album gets, you know, this is the title track or whatever for the album. It's just it's really, really good. Yeah. An, unton- an unturned stone, an undiscovered door leading to the gift of hope renewed. Uh, this is like seeing it live. It's like a really good live song even too. Cause it's, it's not too violently fast where there's like a lot of greasy bald old men like trying to punch you or anything like that in like a pit. <laughs> uh, you can yeah. kind of just like sing along and have a good time with it and everything. Um, I've lived in, you know, a couple of cities and I've seen Bad Religion in a couple different cities, uh, and those old, bald, classic punk rocker guys <laughs> still come out no matter where they're at, and their shirts off like song three because they're sweating so much, and like that's only like the only time they go to shows I think is when Bad Religion plays, so they want to get out all their like aggressive energy out. So it's not oh, the man. safe, it's not the safest of pits to be in, but uh, a song like this comes oh. on and it calms it down a little bit, so you can you know jump in and enjoy it and everything, but it's still a really good song. Yeah. I know exactly the type you're talking about too. Oh. You befriend them, 
and you like you pat them on the back, you like, you rally around them, you, you you do the smart play, but then what unfortunately happens is at some point they're going to put their arm around you, and it's a pure sweaty, <laughs> muscly arm, and you just and then you're like, then your side body and rib cage is like mashed against theirs, and they're just sweating, so you're like wet now on the side of you because there's yeah. like hot and it's dog a brand new tee. You just hit the merch table. So <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah. I paid fifty dollars for this. Ooh, this is just not a good time. Not a good time at all. They got that. They got that Hulk Hogan hot dog skin. You know, just running around there. Oh. <laughs> like, oh. Well, they work construction. They're out. They're out in the sun a lot, dude. <laughs> oh man, this poor, poor classic punk rockers just getting taken to task. Uh, that's the life you live, though. You know, that bad religion lifestyle. Um, suffer. Yeah, I'm sorry if we didn't talk about the song enough, but it's great. And it's a title track for a reason. It's a classic Bad Religion song. And it deserves to be played every time they play live because it's just a really good song. <clears throat> what That was track nine, we said, yeah. So track ten, we get into, a, uh, you think it's a Giritz song? Yeah, Delirium and Disorder um, by Giritz. Track ten. We'll play that now. Next verse, because I like this line. Yeah, I am just an enemy in an ectoplasmic sea, without direction or a reason to exist. He had a cold nebula rotating in my brain, is persuading me contritely to and, and because I played that, we heard 100% of the lyrics in the song, because it ends with just repeating <laughs> delirium of disorder over and over again. The song was a minute and 39 seconds. We only have 28 <laughs> seconds left to go. So, yeah, we, we broke some laws there. Um, <clears throat> I, oh man, that, that song, hold on. It's a minute and 39 seconds, and it has the stupidest intro where it's that, like, tape ah, slowed, yeah. like, door. <laughs> That's got to be 15 seconds or 10 seconds or something like that. It That's, feels too long, however long it is. It feels way too long. I'm so always like, ugh. When I... Yeah, when I hear that, I almost want to skip the song because I'm like, oh, this is just, you know, maybe it was of the era. They thought it was cool. It was some tape or like recording effect or something like that. I don't know, but I just don't like the way it sounds. But after that, the song's awesome. Like, I really like the song. It's like super fast. It's like um, a preview to uh, Empire Strikes First style, like really like heavy, fast, like songwriting for them and everything. And um, yeah, and that line that I am just an atom in an ectoplasmic sea without direction or reason to exist. It's like the most nihilistic kind of like mindset. If you can be like, you know, life doesn't matter. Like, you know, we're just a speck of dust in the cosmic universe, man. But um, yeah, I really, 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 really like that song. Short, fast, sweet, um, minus that intro. That intro bumps it down a few notches for me, but um, it's a good song. Yeah, I got to agree with you. The only bummer about the song is just the intro. And it's short enough, but it just feels long for such a short song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, percentage-wise, I mean, it's 10% of the song is that introduction. (laughs) Um, Yeah, all right. uh, What are we on now? Track 11. 
the part two, the numbers game. Hey, I wonder if they, this, this could be not anything, but because I know, I think I've talked about it before. Part three on how could hell be in the worst. The reason they wrote yeah. part two and part four on this album is because it's like the prelude and post of like the idea and the concepts of within those songs and everything. But part two, written like, Ro- like Roman numeral style, like one one I I, is also eleven, and eleven is the song, the track title that it has. Coincidentally, I don't know if that's on purpose or not, but yeah. Uh, part two, the numbers game, is written by Giritz and played now. Superficial progress, they call it liberation With opiates of silicon, big brother schemes to rule the nation We're one nation under God, we stand above the rest With fighting high technology, we're never second best Our specialty is infiltration Big bears out with subjugation, victory through domination Alright, that like is leading up to <clears throat> how the world is ruining itself. And then part three is like the world, like fighting and destroying itself. And then part four is coming up in this album. Again, the index fossil, which is, I guess an interesting story, um, a trilogy of songs that, you know, tell <laughs> the rise, destruction and fall of things. Yeah. <clears throat> that song also a minute and 41 seconds long. Um, Garrett's was really writing those quick ones pads out the introduction with, them counting to 10 <laughs> like uh, it's just how long would this song be without that you know standby yeah um this is a pretty good song i'm just i mean yeah it's, it's kind of more of the same it's kind of keep it you know some fun lyrics good music and stuff it's just that man there's a lot of other a lot of other songs i like better than this one on this album so i'm just like oh wow i don't know where this is gonna kind of slot in yeah yeah it's um it's a fun song, but um, for me, it's not high up on my list or anything like that at all. Yeah. Uh, the next song is the longest song in the album at 2 minutes and 44 seconds uh, called What Can You Do? It's the third song with a question mark in the title, uh, and it's a Graffin song. Graf- Graffin really padding out the album with this 2 minute and 44 second song. So you waste another day getting older and gray in the head. man i love this song <laughs> it's a really good song i was just think i just the, the flow to that like no. i guess that just leads right into the chorus but it's just like that going for a little walk here just just walking the dog in oblivious having yeah. a, a great time but behind you like bombs are exploding and there's poisonous gas like killing people <laughs> and, and everything but you're having a good time while you're enjoying it um oh my god we've spoken a little bit about songs that um we um it sounded like you know like you know you talked about sound a little bit like punk rock song have a little chime that sounds like a little bit like generator and all that stuff this to me does not mm-hmm. remind me of a this song right here it doesn't remind me of another bad religion song but i'm getting some vibes 
of a different song, and maybe I'll play a little bit right here. Maybe you recognize this as well. When I wake up in the morning and the alarm gets out of water, I don't think I'll ever make it on time. By the time I grab my books and I give myself a look, I'm at the corner just in time to see the bus fly by. It's all right. That is. Oh, wow. Uh, that is a. Uh, one hundred percent. What I hear, like, like when the chorus goes, like I think it's uh, as soon as the chorus goes through, like, or the verse goes through, and in, um, in the actual song, what can you do? Like, I want to cut yeah. the, I want to cut the chorus of "It's All Right," like, like right in there. I want to do a mashup. I think I will do it just for fun, like where they see if I can blend it smoothly in together and everything, because it's just, yeah. it's just so funny how it just works out that way. Wow. There you go. Saved yeah. by the Bell. And it was the song of the times, you know? I mean, 88. I mean, Saved by the Bell, I think, started that year, too. So um, they're hand in hand together, you know? Great music. Wow. Now I don't know. Yeah, I'm probably going to think of that song every time I hear this song now. Interesting. <laughs> I never... Yeah. Well, I still do, and I still love it. So it's not a problem. Yeah. Um, track 13... We are at uh, near the end. This song is a minute and seven seconds. It's the shortest song on the album. It's a Gearit song uh, called Do What You Want. Hey, do what you want, but don't do it around me. I know this anticipation breed apathy. I sit on my ass all goddamn day. A misanthropic employee with nothing. Yeah, yeah, hey, in there and everything. The uh, the start of it too. Hearing, you know, being an all ages listener, and then going back on this, um, mm-hmm. the all ages version is a live version, so it's a little bit faster tempo, slightly faster tempo. Um, and he starts like he, he starts by saying, "Do what you want." He says like the name that like the title of the song, yeah, like, like in that live song, yeah. yeah, do what you want. And then, like, so I hear that in my head, even though it doesn't say it in this one. I hear it in my head every time I hear that the music start and everything. Like, do what you want. Yeah, I love that song. That's that's definitely a classic Bad Religion song. And if I was Bad Religion and writing a set list of songs to play, you know, for that night, like, obviously, with, like, the length that these songs are, like, you can easily squeeze in Do What You Want as a, a minute long, you know, just like, hey, fine, we'll just pad out our set list with this because it's a minute. Like, it's not hurting your overall time. You're not going to run too long or anything. It's one minute. Might as well play it. Yeah. I also feel like uh, it seems like most of the times I've seen them live, this song does get played too. Yeah. I know that there's songs that I think that they have always played, you know, and there's also songs that they like never played and everything. But um, yeah, I think they probably just know to play that all the time. I think, yeah. I think Jay Bentley is now in charge of writing the set list every night uh, when they play. Huh. And I think he does it like the morning of the show and everything too, just based on how he feels. And um, they'll occasionally like, you know, like get input from others and all that stuff. But um, he like, he has this whole ritual thing and like the band like trusts him to just like handle that and everything. So he just comes up with the set list and is able to pull from all these things and, um, and he has a good time doing it. That's awesome. And they do a pretty good job of covering like at least a song from every out like they they do pretty good with like covering you know their whole huge catalog at this point yeah stuff so it's pretty cool yeah um really good song so uh the penultimate song on the album uh track 14 part four the index fossil written by graffin these last two songs are written by graffin but here is that song 
rocks up and the world stops ticking. Me and the next one's buried in our own debris. If I can poorly explain it, the an index fossil, it's like something they can use to gauge like the time at which something was like found or whatever like from the air it's almost like a the rings in a tree type of thing you know so like being able to f- use the index fossil of something is like um i guess graffin gets it because of the profession and education that he's getting in what he's doing with uh what is it anthropology or whatever he's working on um but th- the study of you know like the planet and the ages and things like that uh it's definitely just something straight from his education and whatnot and so as part four uh you know world war three already happened according to part three of the how can help anywhere song this is um the index fossil looking back and everything they needed to destroy the world um i like the song it's a good song not one of my favorites necessarily the album um but i I do like the creative way at which you can sing along to the song because it's just a lot of words and a lot of like (laughs) syllables like all crammed uniquely into this melody and it's you know almost to its detriment but i still find a way to have some fun with it um but i I enjoy it for that reason yeah kind of the same boat i guess i uh probably a little bit lower ranking compared to some of the other stuff on the album but uh another solid fun song you know it doesn't there's not really a bad song on the album so yeah that is true yeah The, the uh the final song they wrap they wrap the album with it uh it's a minute and 10 seconds long um not the shortest song on the album as well <laughs> uh, but a uh, minute and 10 seconds long uh pessimistic lies or pessimistic lines Ugh. so here we are again to experience a bitter scolding and and we're the only ones who can perceive it while others sing of beauty and the story that's unfolded As one that Jesus praise and ritual My pessimistic lies, your superstitious lies And the modern age's lies won't absolve you And a promised soil truth, and the dear clairvoyant youth And of course the nightly news will deceive you Watch out! And there was a uh, watch out there too Watch out! <laughs> yeah, hey! <laughs> He has a lot of these, <laughs> these, these little things that he does uh, all the time. Throwaway lines. Yeah. Um, I like that. That's a fun song. Something about the way yeah. it's like delivered to and sung. It's like a, um, it just seems sadder, you know, and like the way he's delivering it, like the tone that he has. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So There's... something about his vocals are different. And I, I really, really like it. Just it, it makes the sound of the song overall have a different feel to it uh, and stand out a little bit. And I just, I really like the way it sounds. Yeah, it has. A, I think it is that delivery that makes it seem like it's a darker tone or something to it. But there's, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if there's any like common words that are used, but the delivery and the way that the he's delivering the the lyrics in that song. There's a couple of lines that sound to me a lot like the way he delivers the lines in the song "Change of Ideas." Oh. Change of ideas. It, yeah, not some, yeah, like not so much the uh, no, no, not the the um, the melody, so, but more so in the the verses. Yeah, if you if you after this, maybe if you just listen, that sounds a really quick song. If you listen to it, you'll maybe get what I'm saying. Like, hmm. um, yeah, maybe after this, we can just listen to it real quick, and then it's uh, actually I can. The small songs are so short that it's not enough to be like, wow, these songs are really similar. It's just a couple of lines there where I'm like, man, it sounds like he's saying the same things. But I don't. I think I looked it up, and I don't think there is any commonality in in lyrics there. It's just that it's yeah. just the way that he's delivering the song. Yeah, change of ideas. It will be on the next album, uh, No Control. <clears throat> yeah. But here is let's uh, pull it up real quick. Oh, volumes down. 
the line by line delivery, like the da 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 I wasted that melody because I got an even better song. <laughs> Change of ideas. Change of ideas. Here we go. Uh, so yeah. there you go. This is a preview for next week's episode with uh, no control. <laughs> uh, next, yeah, next week for you. Um, not not quite sure when we will record it. Uh, 19, 2023, 2024, 2025, who knows. Uh, but let's break down. Let's rank the, the songs then, uh, and we'll wrap that up uh, and. Yeah, um, and then we'll rank the albums because, um, yeah, there's two albums now. We can officially rank them. Um, what was your, your number one song on this album? Um, I mean, I kind of hate to do it like this, but it just is that good. So I have uh, Suffer as number one. Yeah, yeah, I did the same thing. Suffer, you know, like it's number one. It's just, it's really good. And I don't know if it's just, you know, listening bias because of how many times you've heard it, you know, or like just... You give it the bias because the importance of it being the title track type of thing. I don't know, but it's just a good song, so it's really no harm in that. I mean, I I'll listen to it all the time. I'll, I like to hear him play it live. I'll I like it on this yeah. album. It's just a good song. Um, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily a bias thing because there were songs that were like all ages songs that did not that you know were outranked for me on this. So it wasn't like you know I've just heard it more and like it better or anything. It was just it's just that good of a song. Yeah, that, actually, that's I don't have another all ages appearing song until farther down my list actually so yeah like this is the only one that's on there so yeah, i guess that's true it's just it's not necessarily it's just a good song that's all it is uh what's your what's your number two what's your deuce number two i went with uh give you nothing ah interesting okay i what can you do um i oh, like yeah. that i yeah. like that a lot that save by the bell song is uh yeah just, it's unique because it stands out in its tone and like it's got that poppy slow like i'm expecting that saxophone to hit any second but it doesn't uh i like that song though uh and the chorus is really good um yeah so uh what's your what's your turkey your three yeah number three i went with what can you do oh all right i also really like that song yeah uh i picked pessimistic lines like i really like that song a minute and 10 seconds it's short and sweet it's kind of hard to really like like you said like just dissect that one song for it all across the whole album but um that minute and 10 seconds is like really cool and i like that really like the sad tone of it like the weird like vibe that it gives it you know i mean i'm i'm a fan of the the darkness the band and the the feeling (laughs) Yeah, yeah that's a good one uh number four so yeah, number four, I've got uh, "Do What You Want." Okay, I put a thousand more fools. I like the music. Mm-hmm. I like the music in a thousand more fools, and then I just like that chorus. <laughs> a thousand more fools are being born every fucking day. Every fucking day. Bam, bam, yeah. bam, bam. Um, all right, what is your five? Yeah, I've got a thousand more fools. It's number oh, five. All right, so I also really, really enjoyed that one. I've got uh, Give You Nothing. Mm-hmm. And so for six, I I don't know what it is about the song. I just like it quite a bit. Uh, Land of Competition. Land of Competition. Oh. Mm-hmm. The Southern California doesn't breed. <laughs> um, I have Do What You Want. Oh, okay. And so then, then for number six. Yeah, go ahead. 
Uh, number seven, I've got uh, best for you. Best for you, seven. My seven is when, question mark. Hmm, okay. You're eight. Um, number eight. Huh, I'm kind of surprised to set it up here. <laughs> uh, number eight, I've got a delirium of disorder. Oh, interesting. My eight is delirium of disorder as well. <laughs> uh, it's a good song. It's just that weird intro aside. It's just a good song. Yeah. Uh, you're nine then. Number nine, I've got uh, how much is enough. How much is enough? Okay. I'm nine, I have some of the ones that have already appeared for you. Best for you. Mm, okay. Ten. So number ten, I've got you are the government. I've got you are the government is my ten as well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so are uh, are one eight and ten are the same? And what can you do? Or only is only one spot off from yeah, each other? A couple of them were, were yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So what is your eleven? Eleven, yeah. I've got uh, when. I got land of competition appears there for me. Hmm. So we have. I'm pretty sure we're coming up on the bottom. These bottom ones are they're, they're same for us essentially. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> there's two of them. Three of them. Yeah, three of these last four are both in our bottom fours because we haven't appeared for either of us. But what is your 12? 12, I've got a pessimistic line. Okay. Uh, that's the biggest disparity between two of our songs right there, for sure. I, mean, I put that as yeah. my, th- my top three, and that's almost your bottom three. Um, how much is enough for me? And then, so that's for <clears> sure. That's for sure, cl- like, staking claim that... The last three songs are the same for both of us. Not sure if they're in the same order, though. It's just going to be the order. The order, even myself, I was having a hard time. Like, I don't even know what these should be here. But uh, so if, number 13, I've got uh, part four, the index fossil. Number 13, I've got part four, the index fossil. Okay. Number 14, I've got part two, the numbers game. Ah, okay. Yeah, I put forbidden beat there. I got forbidden mm-hmm. beat. Am I there? So then your 15 is is forbidden, forbidden beat. beat. I don't know why that one minus is part two. the bottom ranking exactly, but it just is, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Like the verse isn't fun enough, and then the chorus doesn't it obviously does yeah it doesn't yeah. carry it. It doesn't pick it up anymore. So because the verse wasn't as like memorable or like fun for me to like attach to, and then the the like it can, you can have a weak chorus or a weak verse as long as one of them is strong. That one I just feel like it missed, unfortunately, on both. Not bad. Like the whole album's great. Um, yeah. But it, that's just yeah, it was the way I ranked it. And then part two, I kind of feel the same way. Like there's just not that memorable hook in in any of the specific moments. It's like it shows up with like their best C plus B minus work for like lyrics, song, chorus, you know, whatever. Uh, not <laughs> a bad, not a bad thing. Just like eh, okay, cool. What's next? It is kind of funny, though, that, yeah, they have this trilogy of songs, and two of them are on this album, and both of those songs are yeah. like pretty lowly by us, yeah. apparently. But. Don't, don't do that again, y'all. You don't need to. <laughs> I mean, it, was, yeah. it doesn't pay off, okay? You didn't, it, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't suffer, okay? So just don't, don't do it. Yeah. Um, so cool. That's, that's kind of funny how similar those were. Uh, I mean, we don't talk about this in advance or anything, so a lot of those things yeah. lining, up, lining up and being pretty close like that. Um, we should be friends, you know? <laughs> Do we just become best friends? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, ranking, I'm pretty sure I know how this works. Uh, where would you rank this, Suffer, and how can it all be any worse? Yeah, so for right now, Suffer is going to be number one, and then how can it all be any worse is going to be number two. Yep, same for me. So, yeah. not a whole lot to talk about at the end of the episode, because those are just, just the two we've done so far. Um, the next one only comes a year later 89 they released 
uh, no control and um, kind of keep grinding and keep going. That'll, so that'll be the next episode. Uh, anything you want to add before we go? No, just it's good we got this one done because I think the next couple albums are, in my opinion, um, well, I shouldn't spoil anything, but they're also really good. You know, yeah. it'll be good to. Spoiler alert: albums based on a band we like are good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in my opinion, I think they get even better than this one, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. For me, you know? Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So cool. Go ahead and, uh, smash that like button. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a comment. Um, our sponsors, you know, of the day you can find the links below. Uh, what other <laughs> YouTube guys do whatever. All right. That's it. Uh, bye recording.